This is the Rundown. The Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studio for the next two hours, Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass, as always, all day, every day. Bears behind the glass, and Sarah Cazell stayed for that update. But really, we know she just stayed to dance. Literally always. That's it. I appreciate that, Sarah. I appreciate your commitment to the show. Yeah. Well, see ya. All right. My part's done. Do you dance when you walk out of here like you just dance out of the building? (laughs) No, because my hands are too full. You know that. (laughs) I have like 800 bags on me at all times. (laughs) Sarah carries like a couch with her and like three cars. It's amazing. You never know when you're going to need to move at a moment's notice. And that's why you have the three cars, obviously. That's right. It's like your own personal caravan. Yep. Um, The Super Bowl is set. Uh, it snowed today down the street from these studios, and this was one of the worst weekends of officiating I've ever seen. Where should we start, Bear? Do you want to? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I figured the Super Bowl would lead the show today, but the uh, this... then Arizona decided to s- snow. I did. I, I sent you the picture by where I was, right? Or no, did I just you, didn't tell say, you. You just okay. told me. I'll send you Camelback in Twenty Fourth Street. You said it was. It's completely covered in snow. And then by like two hours ago, it was sunny out and it was basically all melted. It was weird, though, because there was like still a little bit of slush on the side of the road. But um, there was that going on. The Super Bowl, obviously, is the headline of the weekend. And this plays into that. The officiating this weekend was just it was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, you had the Suns. I know that that Suns fans have that reputation of every loss. You're like, well, the officiating was bad. Jamal Murray walked down Jefferson Street to take that three-pointer at the end of regulation on Saturday. And I know that you can't let it come down to one play, but come on. That was horrendous. The Coyotes lost a game yesterday on a goal that never the play should have been over because it was very clear icing. It's not even really debatable. And I thought the Buccaneers-Packers game yesterday was officiated horribly. It's not why Green Bay lost. It certainly didn't help. But after seeing how Green Bay decided to uh, play the game in the final few minutes, it's really hard to make any excuses for the Packers because you get the the feeling if they were in a position to win, they would have just found a way to kick a field goal and make the game closer and lose by less. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But I guess let's just start in general with the fact that the Super Bowl is set. We, other than the one game left, the big game left, we have made it through this NFL season, which is remarkable that we've gotten to this point. It, it really, it, it just, it truly is. I mean, over the summer, I've been, I was saying, and I wasn't the only one saying this, how big it would be just for sports in this country if the NFL season, more than any of the other sports, if the NFL season could make it through. And I understand there's still the Super Bowl, but I mean, to get to this point, it didn't seem like this was going to happen. Back in August, it didn't really seem like this was going to happen back in September when the Titans were practicing at a high school and missing games and everybody was moving their schedules around. Now, unfortunately, the NBA is still having issues, and I would assume, I mean, the NHL right now is doing better than the NBA, but a lot of this, both those sports are taking it very seriously, so a lot of it is just, you know, luck and timing. But the reason the NFL is such a big deal is because up until that point, you had baseball playing a 60-game season, and stuff was getting moved around, and, I mean, ultimately baseball finished, so that was big, but it was, it was a truncated season. And the NBA and the NHL both did an amazing job with the bubbles. Like, it was absolutely amazing. Looking back, even now, looking back how crazy it is that they both got through the bubbles without a single positive test is unbelievable. 
but the NFL season was the first real, here we go. This is as close to normal as we've gotten since this all began, you know, basically last March, at least in, in terms of sports in America. And that's why I think a lot of people, myself included, looked at the NFL season and said that would just do so much for morale among the American sports fans to be able to get through the season. And now we are one game away. We have the Super Bowl. And as much as I'm already sick of the Tom Brady storyline, I've been sick of it since like week six. And really, I've probably been sick of it since about five years ago. It's great to see Bruce Arians in the Super Bowl. And this is an amazing matchup. We talked about it last week on the show. There's There wasn't really a bad matchup possible of the four teams that were left. I still would have preferred to see Mahomes versus Rodgers, but Mahomes versus Brady, it's equally as compelling in a different way. Maybe even more so, really. Because it's it really, it's impossible to argue that Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. The guy that is most likely to be able to pass him is Patrick Mahomes. Like I said this last week on the show, if you just if you just watch them play football, if you take the team and the the system and the scheme and everything else, the coaching and all that aside, I've always thought just the eye test. Rodgers has looked like a better quarterback to me than Brady, but Brady wins games. Brady wins the big games. Patrick Mahomes looks like a better quarterback to me than Aaron Rodgers, and these are the best of the best that I've ever seen, those three. I mean, if Mahomes wins a championship here in two weeks and he's won two in his first well, I guess it would be his first four years, but his first three years as a as a starter. I mean, he's he's well on his way. I I don't think this is one of those things where like if Mahomes goes on a run and plays the way he has played and just he does this for his entire career, but he wins only quote four Super Bowls and Brady wins six. I don't think it's as simple as well. Brady has more rings, so he's better. Like nah, I mean, we got to see. And obviously, if Brady goes out there and gets his seventh on Sunday in two weeks against Mahomes. That's going to really put a dent in Mahomes' chance of, of catching him even over the next decade and a half. But it's, it's a, it is a great matchup. Like I said, there really wasn't a bad matchup. But I do think, I think the Chiefs being involved raises the level a little bit in terms of historic significance. We'll get into that a lot right now, though. Let's hit the rapid reaction. The Rundown Rapid Reaction. Rapid Reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. Well, let's start with college basketball. ASU and U of A back at it again tonight. Bear, are you going to stay up till three in the morning to watch this one? Uh. <laughs> yeah, tip-off is at nine o'clock. Let's just put it this way. We're doing a full show tonight. Usually we don't if ASU or the Suns are playing. Uh, but we're doing a full show. And then there's still stuff after us before pregame coverage starts at 8.30 this is ASU's last chance to salvage this season, unless they're going to go on a crazy run and win the Pac-12 tournament and make the tournament, which is not impossible. But in terms of one singular game that you can win and be like, okay, that game jump starts us to maybe do better things. This is it. I mean, it's U of A. It's just, you're not going to you're not going to go down the schedule and be like, well, if we could just beat Oregon State, that would really give us the morale boost we need, or Cal, or whoever. And then U of A, and this is your last chance because this game was supposed to be played on March 6th. They moved it up for you know, for a variety of reasons, but mainly to leave that last week open for both teams because they've both had so many games postponed. ASU really more seemingly than anybody it feels like. So. You can play U of A. They just played last week. So you have a pretty good feeling that they're both relatively uh, healthy and good to go for this one. And uh, and they are. They're going to play tonight. So 
keep an eye on that. You can hear it right here on 98.7 FM. Phoenix Suns 0-2 this weekend. They've lost four of their last five. They've lost six of their last nine. They're 8-7 and seven on the year. Last year, after 15 games, they were 8-7. and seven. This year, they have DeAndre Ayton, and he's actually playing very well. Last year, at this point, they were you know a third of the way into his 25-game suspension. We nervous at all about the Suns? A couple losses to Denver that took three overtimes. I don't think that's a cause for panic. Like I said, they, uh, they didn't get the benefit of the officiating on Saturday night. I, I don't. I really don't like to go down the path of well, especially in basketball. I hate going down the path of well, we lost and look at this missed call in the third quarter. Like yeah, who cares? It happens all the time in basketball. You, you just get over it. If you are gonna if you're gonna complain every every day after you lose because of the officiating, you're not going to have any fun watching sports. Boy, that was a horrible call at the end of the game Saturday night that ultimately sent the game into overtime and then double overtime. But that aside, I mean, the Suns have lost six of nine. That's something isn't quite right right now, obviously. So we will uh, we'll see if they, can, if they can bounce back on Wednesday. They do at least have a, a few days off. But honestly, they had, what, essentially a full week off there because of postponed games and that uh, did not help it seems to have set them back and finally the Cardinals promoting Sean Coogler to run game coordinator and Cam Turner to quarterbacks coach Coogler has been just a revelation in terms of coaching the offensive line and we'll see what that sort of involvement is I mean calling him run game coordinator does that mean he gets to veto the three run plays right up the middle when they need 17 yards and he gets to step in and say no No, no, Cliff, we're at the goal line, and it's first and goal. We don't need to run a triple reverse. We can just hand off a little bit, maybe a little bit off tackle, maybe just a run off tackle, you know. So we'll see. But uh, Sean Coogler has definitely been a major part of the uh, the Cardinals' improvement over the last couple years. Doesn't get the the, the focus, obviously. I mean, you're going to look whether things are going good or bad. You're going to look at Kyler Murray. You're going to look at Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to look at Steve Keim. Uh, You're going to look at DeAndre Hopkins because that was such a big trade such a lopsided trade really kind of began the downfall of the Houston Texans but it uh, you don't talk that much about the offensive line coach unless it's your team I think Cardinals fans are pretty aware of what Sean Coogler has done but uh, I don't know how much they're talking about him on the other side of the country in NFL circles doesn't really matter he's uh, promoted for the work he has done and hopefully helps hopefully helps Cardinals offense because that needs to be that really should be a dominant group next year. But I'm like you. I'm a little hesitant to believe that right now. All right, when we come back, the biggest losers of the weekend to me, it's very clearly the Green Bay Packers for a lot of reasons. And we'll get into it next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. ASU football just announcing that uh, Chris Claiborne is going to be their next linebackers coach. So take that for what it's worth. But another NFL connection for Herm Edwards and that coaching staff. All right, let's get into the Packers game specifically. I rewatched this this morning, Bear, and that was a mistake. Because <laughs> I don't even really care who won, but it was just so infuriating to watch a couple big takeaways, and I'm sure everybody had this the first time through yesterday, but the two things that really stood out after re-watching the game. One, 
the playoffs are no place for a timid coach. Like, if you're going to go in there and be afraid to do stuff, you will lose. You're just going to lose. You may not lose this week, but you'll lose next week. Uh, Takeaway number two, I don't understand the Packers' sudden obsession with trying to take the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, whether it is drafting Jordan Love in the NFL draft in the first round last year instead of, uh, there was a, I mean, I could sit here and start reading off names of guys that would have helped. Patrick Queen, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, Antoine Winfield, Chase Claypool. Any of these guys, I'm sure, would have helped yesterday or even, they didn't really need the help throughout the season, but I'm sure they would have helped yesterday. Aaron Rodgers is going to still be able to play for a while. Pretty sure Tom Brady is 43. They've only said it 750 times, and he seems fine. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a good quarterback. He just won the MVP this year, or he's going to. He's going to be a good quarterback for a few more years. I don't know why you're playing for the future if you're Green Bay. That was just a mind-boggling game yesterday on so many levels. Those were the main takeaways. The the sequence at the end of the first half is is bad enough. Like if you just look at the last five minutes of the first half, you see the Packers just not on the same page, and they they get inside. Was about five five eleven left in the second quarter. They get in close, down fourteen to seven. They try to go to Devonte Adams three times. Get nothing out of those plays. End up getting a uh, a field goal. Adams drops one, which he never does anymore. Then they tried to force it to him on, on second down. Levante David tipped it. And then the third one, he catches it out the back of the end zone. So they get a field goal there. Whatever. Okay, you're down. Sometimes you get close, you don't score. We know that firsthand here. We've seen it. But then you get down to the final two minutes of the half. No real urgency. 38 seconds left. First and 10 at your own 40. And somehow you get sacked intercepted, which there was pass interference on that, but whatever. And then you end up giving a touchdown to Tampa Bay with one second left. Kevin King did not have a... Uh, oh, <laughs> Didn't have a great game That yesterday. dude's got to go. I mean, good Lord. I, yeah. I saw a bunch of tweets from, you know, like CBS Sports, Bleacher Report and all that, and it was they post the four pictures you're allowed to post on Twitter in one post, and they were all of Kevin King behind somebody that's catching a football or pulling on their jersey at the most critical point in the game. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned it earlier, that game was poorly officiated. Yeah. That was a penalty, Yeah, but they hadn't been calling it all game. Yeah. So either call it or don't call it. it. Like I feel like it's pretty simple. Yeah, call it from the start of the game, or you can't. If you're not calling that stuff from the start of the game when it's happening all game, then how are you about to call that in the most pivotal point in the game? Well, we just talked about t- two of the main plays, right? Like that interception that Tampa Bay gets to set up their touchdown before the end of the first half. There's pass interference on that. And if there isn't, that's fine. Like, I'd rather see them play than just watch the, the refs throw flags all game. But then how do you call it at the end of the game that basically ends the season of Green Bay? Like, I, I just don't understand, like, every professional athlete you talk to, every coach, they will always tell you when it comes to officiating, they just want consistency. But I'm not letting Matt LaFleur off the hook here. So... I know you and I talked about this, Bear, because we did a show after the Dodgers won the World Series. That felt very similar to Kevin Cash pulling his pitcher when he's just dominant and they end up losing the World Series. You get inside the 10, down by 8, 
you have to score a touchdown. And the Packers, for whatever reason, decide to kick a field goal. And I don't even think this is an analytics thing, because my first thought was, if you're only going to go... Like, we've seen it a lot over the last couple weeks and towards the, the last month or so of the season, where coaches will just make a, a very odd decision where you're risking something and you're getting nothing in return, or you're just waving the white flag when you have to risk everything. And usually they point and say, like, well, that chart tells us we got to do it. First of all, if you're running everything by the chart, you're also not going to win the Super Bowl. At some point, you have to step in and be like, wait a minute, I like the chart. It's helpful sometimes. It can't run my team for me. I have to make some decisions on my own based on the feel of the game. And I would say fitting into that category is I have Aaron Rodgers and they have Tom Brady. So at that point, the chart goes out the window. It's the NFC Championship. But... This wasn't even really an issue of, hey, the chart tells us we got to do this. I think it actually lowered their probability of winning because they did that. It lowered it, I think, by half a percent from yeah. 10% to 9.5. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like I, I'm never going to understand. That whole last um, drive down there in the red zone was weird because on that third down, Rodgers, if he had just run it, they would have scored. Yeah. He had a wide open 10 yards of green grass into the end zone. And he, for some reason, he tried to force it into double coverage. Too. I get it's Devontae Adams, and he's ridiculously good. But, like, if he just ran, ran the ball, and maybe he would have ran the ball. Apparently, you know, he said that he he didn't know that they were going to kick a field goal. And if he had, he had called the play on third down that he might've done something different. Yeah. I don't know how you have that breakdown in communication right there. I like, get, how do they not know? How does the yeah. head coach and play caller not tell the quarterback who is executing the plays? Hey, if we don't get this, we're going for a field goal on fourth down. Well, and this is not Mitch Trubisky. I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna let him call the plays or have input on the plays, you got to kind of let him know what the plan is. I, I thought Gambo said it really well on, on Burns and Gambo when I was driving in here before. It is apparent if you go back and watch that sequence that they are going through the the the, the plays and and running with very little urgency between plays, knowing that this is it. Like, this is four down territory. Once you get to where they were inside the 10-yard line, that should be four-down territory. And they ran they ran their plays and and just like their everything, their their like their rhythm and everything was was clearly based on okay, this is it. Like this is our last time we're going to get the ball. We got to score. And all of a sudden it gets to fourth down and they they just kick the field goal. Um to your point Bear, here's a couple couple uh quotes from Aaron Rodgers. First of all, when he was asked if do you have any chance of convincing LaFleur to go for it there. I don't know. That's a tough one, Rob. Uh, I look over the sideline. I see, you know, five big guys around the field. There's a lot of gymnastics that has to happen to get us, uh, you know, to be able to go for it there. But, you know, yeah, and I don't know. That, that, that decision was made, and we then we moved on. And just in general, talking about the whole last series. You know, I felt great about the third down call. We actually ran it earlier in the game. Uh, same play that Tay caught out of the end zone. Um and looking at it back, it looked like he ended up crossing face late and may have been uh, kind of back across my body an opportunity. I felt like I had a chance maybe to run it, but I felt like there was a guy kind of closing on me. Um, based on the call, Maddie allowed me to call that third down play. Um, if I had known we were going to kick it, if we didn't get it, you know, maybe something else would have been uh, – uh, maybe got with uh, some sort of uh, you know crossing routes maybe there uh, instead, but I thought we you know maybe we're going to have four chances to go. 
I absolutely understand the, hey, the play clock's running down and we've got our, our kicker out there and our, and our kicking team out there. How are you going to go over and try and convince your coach to, to change things on the fly? And even if he wants to, that just adds to confusion and, you know, then you're burning a timeout or whatever. And I, I get that. What I don't get is how you can't be on the same page with your quarterback in this position. And I know Matt LaFleur is a young coach in this league and yesterday was definitely a learning experience for him because, Look, there's no guarantee that if they go for it on fourth down, they score, and then they hit the two-point conversion, and they win in overtime. But kicking the field goal is waving the white flag in a game where you have Aaron Rodgers, and I know that they have Tom Brady, but he wasn't playing nearly as well in the second half as he did in the first. And we were talking about this before. Like, If if your plan hinges on, we're going to kick the field goal, then our hope is Tom Brady messes up. He's not going to in the final couple minutes. And even if he does, we still need the same touchdown. I don't know what you're trying to do. If you go for it there, even if you don't get it, the Buccaneers have to start inside their own 10. They at least have to to play things relatively conservative at that point. I know it's Bruce Arians, but they can't get too crazy inside their own 10. But when you kick a field goal and then you spend the time kicking off to them and you know they get better position as they did and then you know they're able to to get a first down, that's pretty much it. They were able to pass on first down. And, and set themselves up. And the other thing is, if, if you're going to let it come down to a, a weird play, Brady throws pass, looks like Green Bay might get the ball back, and, and they call pass interference. I mean, that's <laughs> Tom Brady's got an amazing legacy. Tom Brady is, is the poster child for put positive thoughts out there and, and give, put yourself in position to succeed, and a lot of things tend to go your way. This is not the first time it's happened. And if you're Green Bay, you got to know that and not put the ball in Tom Brady's hands with the lead, by the way, it's not like you're saying, okay, all right, Tom, you're going to have to march the length of the field to beat us. You're telling Tom Brady, hey, you're going to go to the Super Bowl again for the 10th time if you can just get like a first down. <laughs> I'm never going to understand. And it might cost the Packers Aaron Rodgers. Like, I didn't even play all the clips. It sounds like here's, here's one more uh, from Rodgers. It's a lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, that's what's sad about it most. Getting this far, obviously, there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not. But just the uncertainty is, is tough and the finality of it all. I get that Aaron Rodgers tends to come off as kind of grumpy a lot of the time. But again, if you look at what they just did in the last year, a year ago there in the NFC Championship, and the Packers moves from then on are, okay, let's start building for the future in the draft. Let's not, uh, let's not try and win now. Let's tell Aaron Rodgers we've got his replacement. And then you go out there and a you know, very good season. And Matt LaFleur is a very good coach, but what a meltdown at the end of this game and, and sort of an unnecessary meltdown. I heard somebody say it earlier today. It's almost a tougher decision to kick the field goal. Like If you just go by the flow of things at that point, the easier move is yeah, Aaron Rodgers out there. Go for it. That's our guy. Do you, if you're in that position and you're the Packers and you're playing a very good team and you're a team quarterback by Tom Brady in the NFC Championship, and your option is okay, I want Aaron Rodgers to win it, or I want to put my faith in Mason Crosby and the defense and some good luck and Brady messing up and then to give us a chance to have Aaron Rodgers win it. You were already inside the ten. Just go for it. At your to to your point, Cody, he should have ran it in on third down. I don't know why he didn't. It almost felt like when you're playing Madden, and every time you throw to one receiver, they catch it. So it was just Rodgers definitely got zeroed in on Devontae Adams on a number of occasions in that game, and you can't blame him. But 
I literally he screamed, run! Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him start to move out of the pocket, I'm like, run that way! And he can run, too. This is not like... He's not Tom Brady where he's completely immobile. Or Ben Roethlisberger, he can still move. Yeah, you just you cannot make those mistakes against Tom Brady in the playoffs, and the Packers did, and now they're done. All right, we come back. Let's get back into basketball. The Phoenix Suns got off to a very encouraging start. Now they're eight and seven. It's not bad, but should we really believe this year is any different than previous years? We'll discuss it next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on ninety-eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Luke Lipinski back here with you. Phoenix Suns off tonight, off tomorrow, home against Oklahoma City on Wednesday. Although now that I think about it, wasn't Oklahoma City just in the game that got postponed tonight? So, <laughs> I guess... Uh, it was Spurs-Pelicans, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. It was Spurs-Pelicans. Okay, yeah. So, um, so Oklahoma City will be the team on Wednesday. That would totally happen, though. No. I, yeah, I don't know why I thought that for a second. but uh, Because it's it's what is literally has been happening. This, the Suns played Memphis, and then they get shut down. They haven't played since... I don't think, I don't think they've played since they played the Suns on MLK Day. Yeah, and they played Washington before that. Yeah, and the same thing happened. The Suns down. Yeah, so yeah, good call. No, it's it's not. So the Suns are going to play Oklahoma City. No one's on faulting you for this. Nice. It's just it, it's what that was the twenty sixth game that got postponed tonight. And yes, it was Spurs Pelicans who were supposed to play uh, in New Orleans. So that doesn't really impact the Suns. It's nice to just be able to focus on basketball for a second. Except Suns aren't winning games now, and we got to take a step back first and say you lost twice to Denver this weekend. One of them, I thought, I thought Jamal Murray's three pointer at the end of regulation. Well, a great shot on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Murray's an amazing player. He took like five steps. I mean, that's it's now Eddie Johnson. I thought made a a good point on the broadcast as it happened in real time. He said basically, and obviously Eddie Johnson knows played the game at the highest level. He said a lot of times, really good shooter can kind of get away with a few extra steps when it's a shot like that. Closing seconds, the officials are looking for contact. They are looking to see if he gets the shot off in time. They're not necessarily looking at his feet, although they obviously should be. But either way, you lost two games to Denver. Denver was in the Western Conference Finals last year, and at full strength, they might be better this year because Michael Porter Jr. wasn't really a factor last year. And he hasn't been a factor too much this year because he was he was out for a while. But um, when he's played especially at the start of the season, he was really good. He was working his way back in on Friday and Saturday against the Suns. There's no reason to panic because you lost to, to the Denver Nuggets, obviously. Losing 6 of 9, if the question is, is this team any different than last year's team, because last year started 8 and 7 as well, I think, yeah, I think I, I still think pretty clearly they are. They're just not, they're just not clicking yet. Like they had, they've had a couple games this season where it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Look at, I remember the New Orleans game is the one that stood out where it was just like, all right, three and one, but you just hammered New Orleans. Like New Orleans looked like they were a, a team that had just got called up from the G League in that contest. And, and I mean, any any given night, you know, especially at the start of this NBA season, we've seen some oddly lopsided scores. But the Suns just they looked a lot better those games in December. 
in January 1st against Denver. Since then, they were 5-1, and one, and since then they are now, you know, they've, they've won three of their last nine. But the reason I think it's, it's pretty clear that they are still a different team than they were last year, you've got Chris Paul. He would have had 14 assists in the first half against Denver on Friday and then inexplicably only had one the rest of the game. He had a big shot towards the end of the game against Denver on Saturday, but he just still doesn't look like he's not putting together that full 48-minute dominant performance. Devin Booker hasn't looked like Devin Booker yet. And if that's going to be your biggest concern, if you're going to say, well, I don't know how Devin Booker fits with Chris Paul yet. Okay, well, I'm not worried about Devin Booker. At least not in terms of, of can he fit with Chris Paul. We're still only 15 games into the season. I am a little concerned that he missed the game on Saturday and we don't have an official injury update yet. This is the closest thing we have. This is Monty Williams after the game on Friday. As far as Book is concerned, um, we don't know just yet. He, he you know, was holding his hamstring. He may have slightly strained it, um, but I don't even want to say slight. We don't know, but I, I know it was a, a hamstring type injury. Now, that's from a couple days ago. So he didn't play Saturday. We are going to get, I would expect, a more definitive update tomorrow. This is still Devin Booker's team. I mean, if he's going to miss a chunk of games, I'm not sure how many of those chunks, uh, how many of those games the Suns are going to be favored in. You know, you got Oklahoma City coming up. You got Golden State on Thursday. You got Dallas Saturday, Monday. You got New Orleans again next Wednesday. I mean, I don't know how long Booker would be out. I don't, maybe he'll be back on Wednesday against Oklahoma City. We don't know anything definitively yet. But it's it's frustrating if you're Monty Williams because you just got DeAndre Ayton going. And you know, you don't know if this is gonna last all season, but DeAndre Ayton's last four games, that's this has to be the best four game stretch of his career so far. The game last Wednesday against Christian Wood and, and Houston was maybe his best game as a pro, and they won that game. But these other four games, they're one and three in this four game stretch where Aiton has just gone off. It's been such a strange season for the Suns, and we knew it would be. But you've played 15 games, and yet if you you look over the last couple weeks, you had that loss to Washington on January 11th, and it was kind of like, that's a weird loss. Washington didn't even have Russell Westbrook. But Booker put up 33. So you're like, okay, that, that's just kind of a... Again, it's like anything can happen on any given night in the NBA this season. So we'll you know bounce back against Atlanta on Wednesday, and they never got to play that game. They never got to play Golden State on Friday. Never got to play Indiana on that Saturday. So they come out of that run of postponed games. DeAndre Ayton is playing out of his mind, but the team's not winning. So the pieces just aren't adding up for the Suns right now. I do think this is a much better team than we saw last year. But you do need to make that translate to a much better record than we saw last year. Now, you could be a much better team, but only win a couple more games. Right now, 15 games, I mean, it's not... I get that it's still early, but that's not nothing to have the exact same record as last year. This is not like, oh, they were 2-1 and one last year and they're 2-1 and one this year. Like, no, okay, now we're... Out of a 72-game season, 15 games is... It's chunk. It's basically 20% of your season. It's not a bad record. But going six and three in your or three and six rather in your last nine, that's that that has got to get fixed. And it's a lot harder, obviously, if you don't have Devin Booker. Back to football. We didn't even talk about the Bills game very much. Patrick Mahomes after the the win against Buffalo, which uh, 38-24, fairly lopsided. I thought the Bills kind of got 
exposed, not in the sense that they're not a good team, but just that they weren't ready to to beat Kansas City in the playoffs yet, which there's no shame in that because it's possible nobody is. But, I mean, they they went through a, a stretch there where it seemed like they were under the impression they could kick field goals and beat the Chiefs, which you can't. <laughs> You're not going to field goal the Chiefs to death. So, Why are NFL head coaches who call plays... <laughs> So enamored with kicking field goals. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Whether it's the situation or, uh, like, Sean McDermott was kicking field goals the whole game. Like, yeah. you're eventually going to have to score a touchdown. And yet, at the same time, we saw a lot of that. I think, we, yeah, we saw Sean McDermott do it where it's like you go for two at a time where you don't really need to go for two. You know what I mean? We saw, yeah. We've seen a few coaches do this lately where it's like, all right, now we're going to get crazy and go for two because it'll pull us within six instead of seven. Like, But you're awesome. down 14 and you're going to kick a field goal yeah. in the second half to Pat Mahomes. What are you doing? Uh, you, what are you doing? You're not going to beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. The Buccaneers know that, and I guess Buffalo didn't. Buffalo knows now. The reason Buffalo, though, it gets lost in the shuffle this weekend is they're going to be fine. Like They have a plan going forward. The problem is they're going to have to go through the Chiefs at some point. But They, nobody, they really need a running back. They can't run yeah. the ball. It's Josh weird. Allen was their leading rusher in the postseason, I'm pretty sure. They don't I don't know if they need a running back or if they need a better like game plan with running. Maybe. Because Zach Moss looked good this year and Devin Singletary looked good last year, but they, you're right, they don't run. Um, it, it didn't really hurt him, I guess, against Kansas City. But there's going to be a game. Like, what if they had gotten the lead on Kansas City with seven minutes left and they're trying to hold on to a one-score lead? I mean, <laughs> the Buffalo can't run, so they're just going to keep throwing. So, uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about the, the uh, it's not the possibility, it's the reality now, of facing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Uh, being able to go up against one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback of all time in his 150th Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to be a great experience for me. I mean, to, to go out there and get to get, have a chance to repeat and get to do it against the best. I mean, it's uh, it's something special, and I'm excited for the opportunity. He just said that was Tom Brady's 150th Super Bowl. <laughs> I feel like he understated that a little bit. Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, it is a great matchup, and it's one of those things where we're going to get sick of hearing about a lot of these storylines by, I don't know, next Thursday or something. And I typically get sick of the the mentality every year where it's like, well, this just boils down to the two quarterbacks, so let's run that matchup into the ground by you know a week and a half before the Super Bowl even starts. But this year in particular, Mahomes versus Brady does take on a very iconic, historic feel. I mean, it just does. Because if Brady wins and wins his seventh, in the moment, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm just numb to it. Like, okay, big deal. Like, I'm sure it's a big deal. I know it makes a difference to you, Tom, to have seven rings instead of six. To most of us, we kind of checked out after five. Like, five is amazing. Okay, you got your six. Okay, you got your seventh. Like, I recognize that's cool, but it's just kind of, if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl next weekend, it's just going to be, or two weekends from now, it's just going to kind of be like, all right, Brady won again. It'll be like, it'll be cool Bruce Arians won, but in terms of, the quarterbacks, yeah, okay, Brady won again. To us, at this point, it's all the same. But if Mahomes wins, it's like, all right, now you beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay is a loaded team. This is not Tom Brady marching to the Super Bowl. He wisely chose a very, very good football team to go to this past offseason. 
So when you do that and you look at, at how this is, is, is setting up now, yeah, Mahomes winning, that kind of that kind of sends a message of, all right, you got your six. You're probably not getting a seventh if Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, and now Mahomes is on his way to maybe he can get to four or five. All right, uh, when we come back, we will look at some of those storylines. The top five for each of us next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It's The Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, time for a top five with the Super Bowl set. I I mentioned this to you off the air, Bear. I I do think at some point, whether it's later this week or early next week, we just pick a bunch of prop bets and we just have a a competition between the two of us. And we can just, I don't know how we'll do it. We'll throw the prop bets at each other. We won't know which ones are coming. There's some craziness when it comes to Super Bowl. I mean, there was craziness last weekend. I just didn't look at any of them. Uh, But for tonight... We're going to give you our top five storylines of Super Bowl 55. By the way, when can we get rid of Roman numerals in the Super Bowl? Yeah, they're like using Zs now, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus, like, what, last year... Why can't they just put the numbers? Yeah, why is that so stupid? I'm convinced Roman numerals now are only used for the Super Bowl because I believe last year was LIV, and this year is LV, but they have the Lombardi Trophy in the middle, so it looks like LIV. But also, I don't even know what LIV is. I shouldn't have to look that up. Anyway, that's not one of the storylines. So Super Bowl, they, I think. What 55. is L? Is L fifty? I think L is fifty. That's yeah. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. So the top five. These are just our own personal top five storylines heading into the Super Bowl. Bear, I will let you go first because that's the kind of guy I am. Oh, what a nice guy. Well, number L. Oh, I mean five. Ah. Uh, for me, I'm, I reach for this one. Okay. But I saw a tweet anyway, and it made me think of Wait, it. Wait, b- before before you even do it, oh, God. do you do you care who wins the Super Bowl? Not really. Year? No. I, 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 for some reason, want Kansas City to win, which doesn't make any sense. I usually I have a team I don't want to win. Yeah. Like, it's usually Tom, Tom Brady's Patriots, but now yeah. I don't really care because Bruce Arians is on the Bucks, and that'd be yeah. cool. Um, this is a reach, but Anto- both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are going to the Super Bowl. Without Big Ben. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Because they're not really playing, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't need Antonio, to Antonio Brown, Brown is playing more than Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell who forced his way out of Pittsburgh and then basically New York and now might get a Super Bowl ring out of it. Uh yeah. My number five, and I don't think this will happen, but I, I just as far as the entertainment value of this game. The over-under for points in this one is 57.5. The Super Bowl record for points in in an actual Super Bowl game is 75 back in, I had to look it up, 1995 when the 49ers just thrashed the Chargers. Um, I don't, not like I think this Super Bowl is going to see 76 points scored, but it has the upside to be one of the highest scoring Super Bowls ever. And I was looking through... Remember the the Mahomes Brady game from a couple years ago, back when Brady was on the Patriots. I think it was Sunday night. Was yeah, a, a great game. Final in that game was forty three forty. So that's an eighty three <laughs> point game. Again, I don't think we're gonna like hit that in the Super Bowl, but this is. It's become clear you can't beat the Chiefs by like, hey, we're going to go defend the Chiefs and grind out a win. You have to be able to score with them. 
and I think the Buccaneers can. So that that to me is is uh, my number five storyline. Uh, my number four, and it's mostly a local tie, is Bruce Arians going to his first Super Bowl as a head coach. It kind of hurts a little bit because for whatever reason he retired. And then took a year off and then came back. Wanted and, to be a broadcaster. Well, for a month. It did not go well. No. Just saying. Like, everyone thought he'd be this. I feel like everyone thought he would be kind of like Tony Romo is. Yeah. Not as, like, maybe flamboyant. Or I don't know how to say it. But, like, uh, but it just was not good. And then, yeah, so it hurts a little bit to see how he just kind of. Oh, that's my last game. That's my last game. Oh, I'm back two years later. I'm in the Super Bowl now. <laughs> in the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers are this odd, like, it's not a super team, but they are all these parts just... They're not, they're pretty loaded. Like, yeah. You talk about how loaded the Chiefs are. The Bucks are pretty loaded, they too. Are. And and they, they already were, and then you get Brady, and you add Antonio Brown, I don't know how much he really gives. You add Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's Gronk. helped in the playoffs. Yeah, you add Gronk. It's Bruce Arians last year. Chris uh, Godwin is playing with two, four of his fingers taped to one another. Yeah, and I don't know how he's catching a football, but he is. But he is. Uh, my number four. If the Chiefs win, they would go back to back. They would be the first team to do that since the two thousand three, two thousand four season Super Bowls thirty seven and thirty eight. Guess who played in those? Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. It's been that long since any NFL team has won back to back Super Bowls. So that's number four for me. All right, uh, number three for me, and I think we're going to see a lot of this if if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. This will be Brady's seventh Super Bowl ring, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he wins, I, I guarantee you this is going to be a top story on all the talk shows. Is he the greatest pro athlete of all time? Yeah, you're right, and, and I'm just and they're and we're gonna get Brady, Jordan, Brady, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron. We'll stem from that again. Well, here's here. I'll just say this: <laughs> you, you can't do you can't do the like. Well, Jordan's better than LeBron because Jordan never lost in the finals, but Brady's better than Jordan because Tom Brady. Like, no. It doesn't work both ways. You, you have to use... Just stick with the same logic. If you're saying Jordan's better than LeBron, then Jordan's better than Brady. I Like I said, I completely respect and on some level admire so, what Tom Brady's done, but I'm so sick of it. And it's so difficult because they're going to be comparing guys playing two different yeah. sports. Different, so, yeah, obviously different positions. I just know it's going to be a top storyline, so I put it on my list. Uh, my number three is Bruce Arians versus the Honey Badger in the Super Bowl. That's uh, no explanation needed if you're a Cardinals fan. I tweeted this out yesterday. It's like the lost episode from that all-or-nothing season back in, in uh, 2016. Like Now you have two of the biggest personalities from that team in the Super Bowl, and the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs. All right, what do you got for number two? Uh, number two, what are the commercials going to be like this year? Oh, yeah. I saw I saw a report that a lot of these companies are pulling back their stuff because of COVID, and they lost a lot of money this year and everything, that Pepsi is only focusing on the halftime show because that's their thing, and they're not uh. going to do anything else. But, like... Movie theaters are open here at least ish, but like no one's going to them. Are they going to really be promoting movies and all that stuff? They usually get a couple movie trailers, so I'm wondering what the what the what the um, ads are going to be like this yeah. year. That that is a good point because that's usually like if the game goes south, you, you just keep watching for the right, ads. Exactly, and you always like. I mean, I guess we can't really have Super Bowl parties this year, but every year at the Super Bowl party, I feel like there's like a, a decent chunk of the people there that don't even really care who wins. They're just there for the ads 
my number two is similar to my number three. It's just Bruce Arians at Media Day. Normally, I'm not really that interested in Media Day or that enthralled by it, but Bruce Arians being there, I'm in. I don't think they're having Media Day. Well, they're well, going they're to have Zoom Media yeah, Day. I mean, they're, they're, okay. Bruce Arians is going to talk over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah, you're right. They don't have like Radio Row and all that stuff this year. That's unfortunate. But there's, I know the focus will be on on the quarterbacks. But Bruce Arians is if if anybody if any football fans don't know Bruce Arians they're about to. Uh, my number one is strictly and you mentioned it earlier Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes the old versus the new the greatest of all time and you said it this way and I agree the greatest of all time versus the quarterback who could pass him who could become the greatest of all time. Yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be because Tom Brady is still slinging it. And yeah. it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Do you think, and my, that's my number one too. It's We had this the same number one uh, for, for that exact reason. Like this isn't just, okay, well, this is Brady. He's going to beat another quarterback. It's like, nah, Mahomes is a little bit different. If Mahomes gets to four or five Super Bowls and, and he keeps Brady at six and he plays the way he has played so far and is that dominant, then, yeah, you're going to have that discussion down the line of, is it's, Mahomes better? It's the best of all time versus the best right now. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback right now in the NFL. It's not even close. The dude, look at his game logs and yeah. stats. He doesn't have a bad game ever. He doesn't. Ever. And, and then you watch him play, and it, it the stats almost don't tell the whole story of how good he is. You watch him play, and you just feel like if he needs a first down here, he can get it. He can get it whenever he needs it. Uh, quickly, before we hit the break, do you think there's any chance if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, he retires? Yes. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, he's, what is he, 41? 43. 43. Then there's, a, there's more chance if there's than a, I thought. If, <laughs> I don't know how you did that. You just said yes more than you think. Um, if they if they lose, I don't think there's any way he retires, I think. But he has already proven, like, Belichick and the Patriots aren't even in the playoffs. So if, if that was something he was trying to prove. Yeah. Been proven. All right, we'll come back. Hour number two of the show begins with the reload. Next, it's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. The rundown reload. Rundown reload. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here, Cody Fincher behind the glass. It is the rundown reload, a busy weekend in sports course we'll start with two games in the nfl yesterday the two conference championships the first one to me was the more compelling game at least in uh, in retrospect i don't know i mean did you think it was a surprise tampa won I, tampa hammered green bay earlier in the year like i'm not, not a surprise yeah. the way they won was surprising yeah well it like what would have been more surprising to you tampa bay winning or buffalo winning buffalo yeah I'm with you. Even though I think Buffalo is a better team, I was rooting for Buffalo too. Yeah, that one just never. I know it was close for a little bit, but it just never really felt like they had a chance. It started off really nice. They kicked a field goal, a 51 yard field goal, and then on the kickoff, the Hardman I think muffed the punt, yeah. and then they scored right immediately. It was like a nine nothing, and then the, the guy who miss who makes the 51 yard kick. Misses an extra point. Yeah. I don't understand. That's why you don't kick field goals <laughs> in clutch situations. How, no matter how close you are. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> you're right. There was a moment there where it was like, hey, it's nine nothing. That game sort of felt like a March Madness game where 
there's like a 15 seed playing a two seed, and that 15 seed is leading at halftime. You know, they're up by like seven with like five minutes left in the first half, and then that lead kind of gets cut to like three, but they're still up at halftime. And then in the second half, they lose by 22 or something. Like it just kind of like it catches up with them, and they realize, yeah, we're not quite ready for this yet. That's not a knock on Buffalo. Buffalo is ready for it, but. Kansas City is, I honestly, I think the only team in Buffalo's way, but unfortunately for them, they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're going to be in the AFC, so Buffalo's going to have to figure out a way to beat Kansas City, and the harsh reality is going out there and playing them, even though you lost yesterday, might be the only way to figure out how to beat them. Playing them in a in a in the AFC Championship, not playing them in Week 4 or something, like actually playing them in that game and experiencing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just throwing 21 at you in the second quarter like it's no big deal because Buffalo is a really good football team and they turned a lot of heads this year and if I recall correctly that was their first loss since the Hail Murray so <laughs> pretty good way to bounce back you're going to lose on a Hail Mary you come back and just win every game the rest of the year until you get to the AFC Championship credit to Buffalo like I said earlier it doesn't feel like a huge loss for them on the outside looking in the way it does for Green Bay because Buffalo's on the way up. Green Bay is now just mired in total confusion and they may lose Aaron Rodgers after the way yesterday played out and the way the drafts played out and uh, if they do well that could be bad news for the Cardinals because there's talk out there that Aaron Rodgers maybe could end up in San Francisco and that's that's just flat awful. Uh, this is well, Mike. Don't you say that? I, well, I'm not going to say it. This is Mike Tannenbaum. I don't think he will end up on the 49ers. One of the best parts about Rogers' legacy is him calling out the 49ers the night he got drafted and be like, "They're going to pay for this." So if he goes to the 49ers, that would nah, no. But this is Mike Tannenbaum today. I think it's a fascinating offseason, and to me, the obvious connection for Aaron Rodgers would be the 49ers. Uh, it's no secret when you talk to people around the league uh, how disappointed they are in Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy. Aaron Rodgers is from Northern California. He's a perfect fit for the Kyle Shanahan system. And to me, that would be the logical landing point. Yeah, that would be terrible if you are a Cardinals fan. That would just be... If Aaron Rodgers goes to the 49ers, again, I don't think it's going to happen. But if he does, is there any way the Cardinals aren't finishing in last in that division? I mean, at best, they would finish third? If the Rams don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, but even the Rams, we we kind of make fun of the Rams with Jared Goff and everything. They made the playoffs. Yeah, and the Cardinals can't beat the Rams. I know. So I I do think, I don't think Rodgers is going to the 49ers, but I do think the 49ers are going to upgrade a quarterback. And as we've talked about on the show, they're obviously going to upgrade across the board just because they're going to have guys healthy next year. So the Cardinals are going to have to have a big offseason. If the, the plan is just, well, we'll just organically get better again. Not in this division. It's not good enough. Uh, Phoenix Suns, as we switch over to basketball, will host Oklahoma City on Wednesday. So they get a couple days off here before uh, before getting back at it. Maybe a couple days to recover. Hopefully get Devin Booker back in uh, in and healthy or at least closer to coming back. The Suns right now 8-7. and seven. That's good for 7th in the Western Conference. Very bunched up. I mean, the Spurs are 9-8. and eight. Dallas, Golden State, both 8-8. Eight and eight. I would say Golden State is probably, in my mind, the cutoff, though. And remember, 10 teams make it because 7 through 10 play in that little play-in thing to to make the actual playoffs. I still feel pretty confident the Suns are going to finish top 10 in the Western Conference. Because you get past Golden State, and it's like the Rockets should be playing for the future. Oklahoma City, go ahead and, like, Oklahoma City is doing okay. They're 6-9. and nine. 
Suns should finish ahead of them. Sacramento, I think, is underrated by a lot of people, but they're still Sacramento. The Suns should finish ahead of them. New Orleans, I think of all these these bottom five teams, could be the most dangerous, but they're 5-10. and 10. Like They are digging themselves a hole. And Minnesota is just a bunch of players that don't fit together and, and obviously not being helped by Carl Anthony Towns uh, being injured. Over to baseball, and there is a push for the Cactus League to delay... It's start. So usually the Cactus League starts like very late February, sometimes early March. But Cactus League leaders are asking Major League Baseball to delay spring training in Arizona. There's a, a story up on ArizonaSports.com from earlier today. I was talking to a buddy of mine who doesn't live here. You look like you're about to say something hilarious, Cody. Just <laughs> you have this look on your just, face. As if we didn't think sports could get any worse. Here's baseball and Rob Manfred to come save us. Yeah. A little bit of backstory. Baseball is your favorite sport, correct? It, it sure is. Rob Manfred is not your favorite person. No, he's terrible. <laughs> terrible. They can't even decide if... Think about this. They yeah. are well into their offseason. And like you said, spring training is about to start. Their their next season is about to start. They can't even decide how the rosters are going to be constructed with the designated hitter. Like... There was, there was a report today that MLB went to the Players Union and said, okay, we'll give you Universal DH if you accept expanded playoffs, and there's probably other stuff having to do with it. And the union rejected I'm like, what? <laughs> Your season's about to yeah. start. Didn't we learn this in why the, was in the it, offseason? Why, why weren't these negotiations already? They probably maybe were. I'd, like to, I'd hope that they were, but why is it just getting out now that you're trying to get this settled? It's stupid. Look, I understand that people don't like Roger Goodell. Uh, Adam Silver is, I think, as far as being a commissioner, pretty universally liked or at least appreciated. In hockey circles, I think it depends what uh, city the team you root for is in, whether or not you like Gary Bettman. I I know a lot of people didn't like him so much in the past. I think they're kind of coming around on him, at least to some extent lately, but... You look at these four sports and how they've been able to navigate the pandemic. And again, baseball played its season last year, crowned a World Series champion. And as much as I don't like the Dodgers, it was a legit champion. It's not like it's not like some terrible team it's like squeaked through and ended up winning the World Series because it was a weird year and a shortened season. But man, the NBA and the NHL were able to put together a bubble, and now they are back now playing next season. And whether they can successfully do it around the virus or not, at least those leagues and their players seem to be on the same page. The NFL is playing as close to a normal season as we have seen so far since all this started. Baseball, what's going on? Like We saw this last year going into the, the shortened season. It was like, oh, we got to negotiate something? Like five hours before first pitch, it felt like. The league, with baseball, the owners and the players union, are just the way they negotiate just looks like there are two groups of people where they're like every... Every offer that's made, they're like, oh, they're trying to screw us. Yeah. They're trying to get us. We won't let you get us, owners. Like, it's just a DH, man. And expand Like, just figure What's it the out. Deal? Here, I can just tell you from the rest of us, we don't care whether or not you have a DH nearly as much as we care if you play the season. Uh, to basketball, college basketball, ASU and U of A are going to play tonight. Tip-off is in just under two hours. Pre-game coverage beginning at 8.30, so after our show here tonight. And, uh, yeah, ASU 4-7 and seven 
you know, for U of A, this game certainly matters because they'd love to beat ASU again. U of A can't go anywhere if there even is a tournament. ASU was absolutely supposed to be in the tournament this year. And, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week after they lost to U of A in Tempe. You had Josh Christopher, you had Marcus Bagley. It's no guarantee they both leave this year, but they can. And they were, at one point, both projected to be... I think at separate times, each of them was projected to be a lottery pick. They're still being projected both as first-round picks. And ASU, I, I know, I know, I mean, COVID has hit every team. Scheduling-wise, it has really messed with ASU. But they've won a game since December 13th. It's January 25th. I know they had some games postponed in there, but they need a win tonight in the worst way. And uh, again, you can hear that here on 98.7 FM. And uh, in hockey, the Coyotes lose yesterday on a just a strange goal. It should have been called icing. There was only 40 seconds left, 42.7 seconds left. They lose to Vegas 1-0. They played Vegas four straight games, which in itself is unheard of. They had never done that in in their franchise history to play the same team four straight games in the regular season. They won't do it again this season. All the Coyotes games this year are in pairs. That just happened to be two pairs against the same team back-to-back. So they will start a series against Anaheim tomorrow. And if you're watching closely, I mean, the Coyotes have played six games, four of them against Vegas. They look like a better team in those third and fourth games than they did going into that stretch. Vegas is one of the two or three best teams in the NHL. So I am sort of intrigued to see if that made the Coyotes a better team, even though they only got one win out of a possible four games. See how they carry over now taking on Anaheim, who is not nearly as good as Vegas uh, tomorrow and Thursday. All right, we come back. We'll get back into the NFL here from Bill Barnwell. Get his thoughts on what transpired yesterday. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we didn't get to play many games last week, and uh, the schedule this week is sort of up in the air right now. So, figured, why not uh, play a little this or that? The way this works, it's multiple choice with two possible answers. I could not make it any easier on us. I guess next time we could do multiple choice with one possible answer. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna, it's not multiple, Luke. It, it isn't. You're right. That's true. Um, I'm going to go first, because my first question is kind of multiple choice with only one possible answer. Although, as you just pointed out, that's philosophically impossible. All right, Bear. Okay. Put yourself in this scenario. You're down eight with 2.30 left in the NFC Championship. Do you go for a touchdown <laughs> or kick a field goal and lose? I feel like I'd go for the touchdown, oh, Luke. Interesting. Okay, well, that would be everybody on the planet then except Matt LaFleur. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, who is the more likely candidate to be the next quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> I don't think it's going to be Garoppolo. I don't. But is it more likely yeah. that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback this, there? This is a good question because it's tough. Yeah, it probably is more likely that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there. I, I don't. I don't think. No, wrong. I, I think. I think. I would say like a eight percent chance it's Rodgers and like a five percent chance it's Garoppolo. I think they're going to have somebody new. Ew. I hope it's not Rodgers. That would be that would be horrible. All right. Well, then, along those same lines, sticking with the 49ers, would you rather, as a Cardinals fan, the 49ers get Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? 
Oh, um, I would. I think I would rather them have uh, Aaron Rodgers because he's older. Okay, and if they trade for Deshaun Watson, he's he's their quarterback for at least at least five more years. Yeah. If and they, he's so good. He is. And he's probably either, either way, still getting it sucks. Better. Either <laughs> way, that would just be terrible. It does. Like, Aaron Rodgers is still, he, he's good, probably, like you said, he's going to win the MVP this year. What is he, 36 years old, 37 years old? So he can still play at a high level, obviously, but. In terms of longevity, I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to withstand Aaron Rodgers as a 49er as long as I would Deshaun Watson. I think. Yeah, that's probably the right answer. So Rodgers is—he just turned 37 last month. So you figure realistically, look, everybody's not Tom Brady. They can't go. I don't think Rodgers only eats like celery and avocados like Brady does. But he's—I would—I'd be pretty confident Rodgers is still great for another three years at least, and maybe he pushes it another year or two after that. So. That would suck if you're a Cardinals fan. But on the flip side, Deshaun Watson is 25, so he'll be he'll turn 26 like early next season. And if you look at the way the NFC West shakes down right now, one of the few areas I feel like the Cardinals have a distinct advantage over the other teams is quarterback. Like two or three years from now, but even Russ isn't that old. Like Russ is going to be, he'll be fine. But the Rams have uncertainty with Goff. The 49ers have uncertainty with Garoppolo. The Cardinals, you feel like Kyler Murray, that should be an advantage. If if Deshaun Watson ends up in the division, that advantage is just gone. Yeah, that would suck. Um, we were talking earlier about how terrible baseball is and how they're all stupid. Uh, so, <laughs> what month will the MLB season most likely start? It's supposed the Diamondbacks are supposed to open up their season April first in San Diego. So April or July, or like July. last year. Oh man, they there's they can't can they? Could they? They could, couldn't they? Rob Manfred is still the commissioner, so yes, they can. I never even really gave that much thought if, of they could they could yeah claim they're going to play another half season or something. if they do another sixty game season, they're screwed. They're so the, baseball would be Major League Baseball would be, I mean they're already in trouble for how much money they lost this year. But like, I don't know if you can come back from something like that. Wow, I thought you were going to say April or May, and I was going <laughs> to say May. But you're <laughs> right. I mean, if they if they do this thing where the players and the owners can't agree, and then they point and they're like, "Well, we can't do 162 games in this environment anyway." Uh, <laughs> I'm. St- Wow. I'm still going to say April is more likely than July. But now I don't feel good about anything there. Thanks for That's that. That's baseball. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's do... I time for a few more of these. Okay. The two quarterbacks that lost yesterday. Which one is more likely to win... I won't even say next year. To win a Super Bowl in the next three years. Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen? I would say mm, that's tough. Either way, they're probably going to have to go through the Chiefs. Yep. And who knows how long Tom Brady's going to be around. <laughs> Figure at least 15 more years. I would say Josh Allen. Okay. I think the Bills are a better overall team. Than the, if, if Aaron Rodgers stays on the Packers, then I think the Bills are more likely... Yeah, I don't know why, but well, I, they are a better team. I, I I know that like people looked and they're like, well, the Packers have Devontae Adams and then the Packers have Aaron Jones and they have Aaron Rodgers, so they're 
they have That's those three, three guys. guys. I mean, the, the rest of the team's not bad, but the Bills have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John yeah. Brown when he's healthy. They don't have the running game, like you no. said earlier. but And they have a decent defense as well. The the perception going into that game yesterday that like the Packers, that Rodgers had a better team around him than Brady, I... Oh, then Brady? Absolutely. No. I mean, no, no, no. But that was the thing. Everybody points to like, oh, Marcus Valdez Scantling and then and, and Alan Lazard. No, that, those guys are only relevant because they're on Aaron Rodgers' team. In the way, Alan Lazard and that Equinquinius Queen, whatever his Equinemius name is, Saint Brown. Saint Brown had two big drops. That one, too. I see. I rewatched the games now. I've seen it twice. Where Rogers threw it to Lazard, and it just sailed right over his head. Like it was a quick pass, and Lazard wasn't even looking. Oh yeah, I think he thought they were going to run. It was yeah. an RPO. Yeah, and they thought uh, Lazard thought they were going to run the ball, and he wasn't even looking for it. Yeah, I, I feel like if that was Mike Evans, the Packers would have been in better shape. Mike Evans. I mean, he had some balls go off his hands too. It's true, but I would still take Mike Evans over yeah. Alan Lazard. Uh, all right, do you have any more? Yes. What will happen first? Tom Brady makes it to another Super Bowl, or the Cardinals make the playoffs? So you're saying after this year? Yes. So, <laughs> I'm going to say the Cardinals make the playoffs next year. So I'll say I'll say Cardinals. I'll say Cardinals make the playoffs first. Will Brady make the Super Bowl next year? I don't think if he, so. If he doesn't retire, I don't. I don't think so. I I think <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pick against Tom Brady, but I do think a lot of things went just right for him this year. Um, but he certainly, I mean, he certainly deserves it. It's not. This is not. This is not a quarterback hanging on at the end of his career, and his team wins him a Super Bowl. Like he's. It's not the Peyton Manning yeah. Broncos where he didn't have much left. He's still got a lot left, I feel like. Yeah, I absolutely think Brady could play next year and be really good, too. Um, yeah, that the Manning stuff with the Broncos, remember he went there and he was great, and then they lost the Super Bowl because the snap went over his head. Yeah, and, and they never could do anything else. And then they won the next year, and he like couldn't even throw the ball five yards down the field. Crazy. All right, here's one. Uh, basketball. Let's see, how do I want to word this? Okay, the Suns, you would rather have the Suns... They either make it to the play-in, so that's seven to ten, or worse. Like, they, so they don't make the actual playoffs. They either make it to there or miss the playoffs. But DeAndre Ayton, what he has done over the last week is is the new norm. Like he takes the next step. So DeAndre Ayton keeps playing well, but the Suns don't. They don't make like the official final mm-hmm. eight playoffs. Or 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 this is your other option. The Suns make like the legitimate playoffs. The one but they're eight, but they're out in the first round. Oh. Well, with the Aiton playing well on the play-in stuff, there's no guarantee they won't lose there. Shoot. Well, no. In this scenario, I'm telling you they, they won't make it past the play-in. Oh, even if Aiton playing okay. well. So whatever then that is. I would is. rather than make the official playoffs. Okay. I don't know what my answer would be to that one. That's the first time I've asked you a question where I don't know. Because if Aiton takes... I'd have to know the exact scenario where they missed. Like, if it's yeah. just kind of a weird series of they, they, they finish seventh... But somebody important isn't available in that that play in, and so they they like they're a good team, but they don't quite make the playoffs. But you know, Aiton is like this is who he is. What we've seen the last four games, we see for the next. I feel 40. like icky saying that, like because I've been you know, why doesn't DeAndre Aiton dunk the ball and play <laughs> aggressive and blah blah blah? And then I pick the well, I would sacrifice that. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's ultimately about making the playoffs. So yeah, the team game, Luke. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. What was I thinking? I'll I'll ask one more. I have an NBA related one. Okay. Uh, the NBA 
postponed their 22nd game of the season today with Suns or uh, Spurs Pelicans, excuse me, being postponed. The NBA should try to stick with how they're handling their season or suck it up, do what you got to do, and go back to a bubble. You don't get the Valley Court. Oh, I they go want, back to the bubble. I the, well, I guess they could paint that on the court there. Um, With spray paint? Yeah. Boy. I, I Right now, I'm still trying to, to grind through this, but... If it, because I, I think they knew going in, hey, we're going to miss some games. That's why they only scheduled half the season so they could make, you know, the second half of the schedule reflect this. But if we keep going, you know, because now you're talking what they said the Spurs Pelicans tonight, it was neither team had enough guys to play. So it's like, I don't, we haven't had a lot of scenarios like that so far. And I know it's mostly just contact tracing. I don't, I mean, if you go like two or three more weeks like this, you are going to have to consider something different in the second half of the season because, like, you got a team. Washington's played. I guess it's not too bad. Washington's played twelve games. The Wizards, and they're the ones that have missed a lot. So I think you're still okay right now. You you keep going with it right now. But if if it's if we're basically having two teams every week just miss an entire week of games, you're right at the threshold of what you can do and still have a legitimate season. All right, that was this or that. I had one more, but I'll save it for you for uh, next week because it was a bonus question. It was a tiebreaker, but I think uh, I don't know what the score was. We're keeping score? No, we never have. Oh. I just had the tiebreaker just in case. All right, we come back. I do want to get back into the uh, NFL. They're they're replaying Packers Buccaneers on one TV, so it's the third time I've seen this game. And on the other TV, they have the, uh, some sort of Madden tournament where it's Packers versus Packers. So I feel like I'm doing radio in Wisconsin. That, and uh, we'll get into a little bit of hockey, too, with the Coyotes turning the page finally on Vegas. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The other thought watching the Packers, now for the third time against Tampa Bay, how good does Jordan Love have to be? So, you know what I mean? Like, it, remember it was it was such a big deal when they when they had Rodgers backing up Favre, but like, Favre was still good, but he wasn't at the level Rodgers is at. And also, like Rodgers ended up being better, which is absurd. But I don't feel like the Packers cost themselves a shot at a Super Bowl by making that pick, whereas now it's like it's entirely possible that they have run Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. It seems like their plan was kind of for this season to be Rodgers' last, and it wasn't going to be this good. And instead, he won the MVP and almost took him to the Super Bowl. So, like, now what are you doing? And whenever Jordan Love gets in there, I, I hope he's the greatest quarterback of all time because that's what he has to be. I don't even remember Jordan Love. I don't. I can't remember a highlight of him. Can't I can't either. remember any moments from him. Where did he go? Utah State. Yeah, yeah. He must be this like. Great person, or so I don't know. You're he an kinda, amazing person. I, I'm pretty sure he got the Brett Hundley treatment. He was inactive all year. I don't even know who the I don't even know who the Packers backup quarterback is. I just don't. He, I'm pretty sure he wasn't the backup. Yeah, I I don't. Um, I, he, you haven't put him in the best of positions because I, I just uh, yeah I don't know. That's that's two things that team has done that are just inexplicable. You're telling me there's not going to be a good quarterback you could get this year or next year? Like again, it's not 
It's not like Rodgers is the one in his mid-40s. It's not like he's older than Brady and you know at some point it's going to drop off. Like I've heard the argument, you know, people are looking at oh, Drew Brees, look how quickly it dropped off with him. Look how quickly it dropped off with Peyton Manning. Those guys were older than Aaron Rodgers. And also Rodgers is, is better than Drew Brees. Like Brees is great, I get that. But just in terms of like raw, natural talent, Brees, Brees was, uh, look, first bout Hall of Famer, all that stuff had to overcome the height thing at the NFL level. Rodgers doesn't. Like, Rodgers has those just, he has a lot of natural gifts that some of these other guys don't have. And also, Rodgers is not 42 years old or 41. Rodgers is going to be good. He's going to be great for at least two more, three three more years probably. You could have just stuck with him, drafted somebody, and I read off some of the names that were still available that already look good, and uh, and just drafted a quarterback this year or next year. I I, I don't... It's a weird one, and again, the reason I really care is because it might in, end up impacting the Cardinals very negatively if he actually ended up in San Francisco. Uh, that was Mike Tannenbaum's just kind of his idea he threw out, and we played that earlier in the show, that Rodgers could end up with the 49ers. Here's Adam Schefter talking about Rodgers' future. And if Aaron Rodgers wants to go play somewhere else in the state of California or wherever it is, he has the power to do that. Right. It would take a huge set of cojones to do that, it would take a lot of courage. It, 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 would, it would upset a lot of people and rub them the wrong way. But if that's what he wants to do, that's what he's entitled to do. He's, he just stays in Green Bay next year, right? You don't think so? I don't know. Here, how about this? Did the you... guy's such an enigma. You don't really yeah. know if he's upset, actually upset. I kind of seemed like he was, but... Well, I'm, I'm sure he was upset yesterday, and yeah. he should be because <laughs> that was that was terrible. Do you think? Do you think yesterday, like, let's say he he does leave this off season, and he's not a free agent, but I mean, he could obviously force his way out. It's 2021; it's not that hard if you're a professional athlete to force your way out, especially if you're the starting quarterback for a team, and you're like, I don't want to be here. Um, how much of a role do you think yesterday plays in it, or is it just because they basically? showed him at the draft last year, we don't believe in you for more than like another year. I think yesterday could be that if he's really was really fed up before that, I mean they won what thirteen games, so it's not like they were bad this year and they had a chance obviously to get to the Super Bowl. But if there was some straws yesterday kicking that field goal might have been the last one. Because he I mean, from all that we we hear and see that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur have a pretty good relationship. Yeah. But you've seen what happens when coaches do dumb things in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike McCarthy. Mike Hello. McCarthy, McCarthy had you? about nine lives there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. LaFleur and Rodgers seem to have a good relationship. Like, there was some rumors that they were kind of at odds at the start of last year before they really knew each other. But I, you have to at least acknowledge the possibility that there could be a lack of trust from quarterback to coach after the way that game ended yesterday. And, and again, Lafleur like doesn't make him a bad coach because he botched that at the end of yesterday. But boy, that's a that's a tough place to botch a, a, a huge decision like that. Okay, we'll wrap up here real quick with uh, with the Coyotes who. Lost to Vegas yesterday, one nothing. I said this earlier. They they look better. It's early in the season, but it's weird to play the same team four times. And that team that the Coyotes happened to play four times might win the Stanley Cup this year. So 
Rick Tockett said this yesterday coming out of the game. They f- they were obviously very frustrated. It was a very emotional loss. Jacob Chikrin was miserable after the game. Tockett was, was pretty upset as well because it was a blown call. And like I said earlier with basketball, you can't sit there and point to, to blown calls and, and you'll just drive yourself crazy. It doesn't happen so much in hockey because... It's just the nature of the game. Like you're not, you couldn't look for traveling or a foul every time the down the ice. Obviously, it's just a much different game. That was a missed call that led to the only goal in the game with less than a minute left. So that's one of the times you're going to look and say, okay, the officials didn't do us any favors yesterday. Credit to the Coyotes, Chicker and Antoket, both after the game said, you know, those are good officials. They have experience with them in the past. They talked it out with them after the game, or Chicker did at least on the ice. That's a frustrating way to lose. And yet the Coyotes could have beat Vegas yesterday, probably should have beat them in the first game of the series and got handled in the second game, but won the third game. Look, you only get the points for the games you actually do win, but if the Coyotes can play with Vegas, in theory, they should be able to be a playoff team this year. That's the long and short of it. You know, you don't have to catch Vegas or Colorado in that division or even St. Louis to make the playoffs. You just got to be better than Anaheim, Minnesota, L.A., San Jose to make the playoffs, and uh, we're going to see. Now, if the Coyotes are either going to carry over the fact that they're playing much better hockey into a two-game series with Anaheim this week, they should win both those games. Or if they are going to need time to recover emotionally from how they lost yesterday, that's not great. You can't can't have that going on. So, Coyotes 2-3-1 and through six games. Remember, the NHL season is only 56 games this year, so... Uh, not a lot of time to be stringing together losses, but there was there were some good signs from that series. You would have liked more than two out of a possible eight points, but uh, looking good at least uh, in three of those four games. All right, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Remember, ASU basketball is coming up in a half hour. For Cody Fincher behind the glass, I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.